right, so let's get, let's get into this. Isaiah 55, 11 in the New Living Translation. Um, I'm going to make all y'all uncomfortable, too, so we all going to read this together. All right, so on the count of three, I need everybody to read. One, two, three. It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. All right, so when we look at this, let's break this down a little bit. In this, we got three key components, right? Seed, time, and harvest. So in, it is the same with my word. What is word? See, it is the same with my word. I send it out. Sin represents time. If we look at the definition of send, it is to direct, propel, or deliver to a particular point, position, condition, condition, or direction. So when I send something, that covers time. If you send a text message, it takes time to get to the next person. If I mail a letter, it takes time to get to the next person. So, seed, time. And it always produces fruit. Fruit is what? And since our God is super good, down here he said, it will accomplish all I want it to. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. Say double fruit. So we got seed, time, harvest, and double fruit. So today's message is becoming God's harvest. Make sure you write that down. Becoming God's harvest. So <clears throat> I was talking to my mom um, like early in this week because I ran across a picture. It was my sister shared it on her timeline. Um, I'm from Maywood. So if you know Maywood, it's this place called Maple Tree. It's like a preschool, you know, it's like preschool, pre-K, kindergarten. And so I remember we were in kindergarten and they had a talent show that you had to do. And so for my talent show, <laughs> I put on my suit, I put on my bow tie, and I had my Bible. Now I'm like, how old are you when you're in kindergarten? You're like five. So I'm five years old, and I wasn't prompted to. Nobody told me. I can't remember what the other kids did, but I wanted to sing the Bible song. <laughs> Do y'all know that song? All right. It's, it's the B-I-B-L-E. Now that's the book for me. I stand on the word and the word alone, the B-I-B-L-E. So I'm five and whatever, what everybody else was doing in a talent show, I cannot remember what they were doing, but I myself wanted to sing the Bible song. So what does that come from? What does a five-year-old say? What everybody else is doing, I want to give honor to God. That's strange, right? So then I was talking to my mom and it brought me to that seed. As somewhere, at some point, as a youth, seed was planted. All right? Let's go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1, 5 through 10 in the New Living Translation. Let's get there. I'm going to take my time, but we're going to get out on time. <laughs> All right, let me get uh, 5 through 10. Sorry, Drill. All right. So verse 5 say. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to my nations. So, before the foundations of the earth, that was God, that was Holy Spirit, right? I think they had conversation with each other. And I'm going to talk about me. I think they had conversations about me. I think the conversation probably went a little something like this. 
You know what, God? Yes, Holy Spirit. The seed that we plant becomes an idea in his mind. And at some point, that idea will be would define him. What Pastor Monique at? She's not right there. Come here, Brina. Stand right here. So, turn around. <laughs> it says, I knew you before I formed you. So this is my mother. She is playing while Linda Williams. While Linda Williams is here. How you doing, Mom? I love you. But she is, she is going to play while Linda Williams. So the Bible says, before I knew you, I formed you in your mother's womb. That means somewhere off on this side, it was seed. I was intimate with God as a nothing. As nothing, God had conversations. He had plans for me. I believe they wrote a book. And on the front of that book says Jonathan's purpose. And they wrote and defined everything that I was going to be at harvest. But that word still had to go forth. So before it could come forth and physically be birthed, they had to put it inside of somebody who was worthy enough to handle me. So while Linda had to be worthy, what did she have to go through to be able to birth me? You understand what I'm saying? She had to be a praying woman because God knew I was going. We'll get into that one in a minute. So God knew what she was going to deal with. So he said, you know what? I got to make sure this woman is built up. She has to know me for herself first, because what I'm about to give to her, she's going to have to be able to nourish it and be able to take care of it. So I was set apart. This seed grew. Now, me and my mom talked about this. I wasn't supposed to be here. Okay. So my mom, I was a tubal pregnancy is what we discussed. And so they told her we have to take it out. This baby cannot live. But she said that God said I was going to give me a son. Now, when my sister was born, I love you, Rachel. But when my sister was born, my mama wanted it to be me. She wanted it to be Jonathan that she called my sister Jonathan the whole time that she was pregnant with her. All right. So the doctor say, hey, you might not be able to have this baby. She kept praying. My name was Jonathan. It means a gift from God. So God said, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you something for you. So at some point, I guess the Holy Spirit must have pulled me out there, too. Because I'm standing here today. And so he birthed me into my mother. Have a seat. Now, I grew up. We got to kind of walk through my life a little bit. Now, when I grew up, you know, my mom, like I said, she was saved. I mean, we grew up in a church, not a conventional church um, like we sit here today. But it was a basement church. Um, Bachelors for Christ Christian Center Church. Um, it was in a basement. Um, and we went every Sunday. We went every Sunday. We went every Wednesday. They taught us Bible. Um, but at some point, I didn't want church no more. At some point, the little kid that's on the B-I-B-L-E song, he didn't want to sing that no more. You know what I mean? I remember at, at one stage in my life, we were in the house, and we heard gunshots in front of the house. And a guy had got killed in front of our house. And I saw that. Say, see and at some point, the enemy said, that's interesting to you, ain't it? 
I was like, man, this dude got killed. The people next door, man, they be having fun. Be all the girls over there, nice cars, money. And I fell out in love with what, as a kid, I was in love with. Because we see now, man, we see these little kids, they love coming to church, right? And then we see the older kids who kind of don't want to come to church. So we try to find a timeline in between what we knew was good and what was placed on the inside of us to the other seed that was placed on the inside of the inside of us that make us not want God anymore. So I remember going to school and God, if we moved down along, we knew I knew God called me to do something. Um, people used to tell my mom all the time, man, your son, man, there's something known him, something known that young man. And of course, she used to tell me, John, some know you. And I'm like, well, what is it? Because we need to get it off. <laughs> I didn't particularly want that because it's too much responsibility. Even as a young man and a young woman, we don't feel that we are capable enough to carry out God's assignment on our life. So that'll bring me further down in Jeremiah. In uh, verse six, it says, oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I cannot speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of people, for I will be with you and I will protect you. I am the Lord. You know, when you a kid, it's not cool to sit and talk about God. You know, my mama bogus, she used to make us answer the phone, praise the Lord. <laughs> Look at y'all. Chris, remember that. He used to, my Chris used to call my house and I'd be like, praise the Lord. <laughs> but he used to say that real fast and try to hurry up and get to the conversation. And my mom used to say, if you can't answer the phone, praise the Lord, don't answer the phone in my house. Boy, that was one of the worst things. But so <laughs> and so we were afraid, you know, you were in school and you was afraid to be who God called you to be because everybody else didn't do that. Everybody else in school didn't have to answer the phone. Praise the Lord. Everybody else. Mother didn't make them read the Bible. Everybody else didn't have to go to church every Sunday. So at that point, I wanted to be like everybody else. I didn't want to be the son that my mother had. It was not appealing to me. So I grew up and I decided to live a life that wasn't planned for me as a child. I'm 13 years old. I'm at Lorraine. Mom, a lot of the stuff you're going to hear, we ain't talking about yet. I remember being 13 years old and we had a liquor store in Maywood. They didn't ID me. I used to drink beer at 13. We used to sit on 6th Avenue. Chris used to go get Flaming Hots. I used to go get St. Ives. They don't know about the St. Eyes. <laughs> the point I'm proving is this. At that point, I thought it was cool. I was trying to impress. I was trying to impress my friends by being somebody that I wasn't. I was trying to be what I thought my friends needed me to be to be their friend. So. You got this little scared little church boy who got to hide behind a self persona. I got to hide behind somebody who really isn't me. So I developed my own alter ego. I didn't want to be Jonathan no more. That wasn't cool. I liked it being JW just a little bit better. It came with something. It came with something that I won that I felt like I wasn't born with. I felt like I wasn't born with the swag that everybody else had. So I had to create my own identity just so I could fit in. I remember at one at one point I was given the nickname in the streets. They gave me one. They called me black. 
That was the coolest thing to me, man, to walk around and be like, I'm looking for black. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Yo, black, that's me. Yeah, I'm on six. If you need black, go holler at them. Black over there. You know what I mean? I felt good about myself to be somebody that I wasn't. And in turn, I opened the door for the enemy to take me out. We all know in every garden, it's going to always be weeds. But a good gardener knows how to pull the weeds but still leave the fruit. And the only way that can happen is because somebody was praying for me. I remember times we used to, I remember this time vividly. I was sitting in, uh, we were sitting in my friend's house and we was cutting up some drugs and I got a phone call. And my mama said, God told me what you're doing. You need to stop what you're doing right now. I say, Chris. I said, my mama just called, man, and she said she know what I'm doing right now. I said, man, Joe, this is scary, man. I don't know, man. Like, how she call right now and say she know what I'm doing? Say, God always give you chances of escape. Now, at that point in time, God showed me how good he was. He showed me that, son, one, I'm ever mindful of you. Two, I'm always watching you. Three, I just gave you an opportunity to stop what you're doing right now and come back home. But say, we don't never want to do that. Go to Psalm 73, verses 2 through 10 in the Message Bible. This is... This is one of the things when I read this, I was like, man, like this is probably like how I was as a kid. And I'm pretty sure most teenagers probably deal with this, too. Said, no doubt about it. God is good. Good to good people. Good to the good hearted. But I nearly missed it. Missed seeing his goodness. I was looking the other way, looking up to other people at the top, envying the wicked who have made it, who have nothing to worry about. Not a care in the whole wide world. Pretentious with arrogance, they wear the latest fashion in violence, pampered and overfed, decked out in sit, silk bowls of silliness. They, excuse me, <laughs> they jeer using words to kill. They bully their way with words. They're full, full of hot air, loud mouth, disturbing the peace. People actually listen to them. Can you believe it? Like thirsty puppies, they lay up their words. Well, that pretty much sums up what I was thinking. I said, what, what's fun about church? Everybody I know that's getting it, they don't go to church. They getting money. They getting women. women. They got the cars. They always jeed. I don't know if y'all remember. Y'all know. Did y'all still use that? Jeed up? No, y'all flee. Flee. We, we said jeed. We said G. They were, you know, they, it was G'd up, and it was just like, man, I don't, I don't, it's something, something ain't right about this. Well, mama, you said how good God is, and God gonna do this, and God gonna do that, but one, my daddy not home, so I don't know how good God is. Uh, we only got to get two pairs of shoes this school year. I don't know how good God is. You gotta work so much. I don't know how good God is. Like, the God that you talking about, I don't see it. But my homies, they don't never go to church. 
Man, they mama got them all that stuff and they got this, they got that. And pastor always talk about, you know, competing, comparing and complaining. And then you kind of get to competing with the devil. You know, it's different when you want to compete with the Christians. How are you going to compete with the devil? It's like a double minded person. What is that? That's James 1, 1, 8. Pull it up for me. This is James 1, 8. Give me probably like the New Living Translation. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. I, if I could just show this to you, because I, I felt it. Clearly, you always feel it. Could you come in, Brother Stacy? Could you come in too, Pastor Twan? So I want you to stand on this side, and I want you to stand on this side. So Pastor Twan is going to represent God, and Brother <laughs> Stacy, and Brother Stacy is going to represent the world. And so when the Bible talks about being a double-minded Christian, I think before that in verse 7, it talks about being tossed to and, to and fro. So I remember times where I wanted God, but then I, I wanted to be back over here because it was just so good to me. But then every time I got in trouble, I had to run back to God. And I was like, man, God, I want to thank you for saving me because you brought me out of that one. Right. And then the world says, but look here, though. But look how much fun we had when we was over here. Okay, well, I'm going to stay with you this time. Then I get in more trouble. God, I got to get back over here. So, so, okay, I messed up. I know you told me don't go back, but I promise you, I ain't going to go back. Now I got to go back because it's just so fun. You know, we grew up, my mother was, I mean, when I say, like, she didn't do nothing. Like, 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 I'm like, it's not fun being saved. You don't do nothing. How are, you, how are you happy? My mother was always happy. How? How? How, how are you happy? I'm, I'm not happy right now, and I'm watching. Like, how are you always happy? My How? I just don't get it. But see, it was something about a joy and a peace that came from God that you found it here, but it wasn't substance. It, it, was, it was hidden misses. You know, you cried a lot on this side. Your heart was broke a lot on this side. People broke promises to you a lot on this side. So being a double-minded Christian, I remember vividly when I, rem I remember one time I was, I was out there a little bit and I was working and my mama, she, she bogus because she set me up. I was like just getting off work and our church was like having a youth retreat for a whole week. Y'all still stay right here because I need y'all. A youth retreat for a whole week. And they said, they need you to, like, drop the kids off. And I'm like, well, man, I just got off work. You know, we was, you know, working at some club. I had just got off work. She's like, well, you just got to drop them off. I had to stay the whole week. <laughs> she was so bogus for that. So I get out here, and I'm just like, all right, I'm here. And it's like, no cell phones. What? You can't have no cell phones. And, you know, then I used to want to check up on my girl all the time because I was petty and and I'm like, I can't talk to her for a whole week. And, you know, I was just, it was just crazy. So we went. And so the first night I'm sitting in there and I'm just like, when I say hard, I'm just sitting there like, I am ready to go. And during the course of that week, man, God just did something to me. And it was just like feelings that I never felt before, tears that I never shared before. 
and conversations with God I never had before. And so I remember on my way back home, like, that side of my life, man, I was done with. Me and my man right here, OGOD, we gonna kick it. So I remember coming home and I was happy to get up with my brothers. And I said, listen, y'all, I'm done. I'm not smoking cigarettes no more. I gave my porn stash away. I ain't going to say who took it. Amen. I gave my porn stash. <laughs> no. So I'm petty, I know. So, but listen, I was convinced that God had did something in my life. I was convinced that that weekend at a youth retreat that God had changed my life. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was going to walk into what God said in Jeremiah 1.5, that book that he wrote on my life, the fruit was here. They took us to the church. They stood the kids up. And I had a Bible in my hand that this guy gave me. And I said, he gave me this Bible and he told me I was going to preach the word with this Bible. I was happy to share my testimony. Later on that week, <sighs> going to going to going to pick up my lady get into it, man, with this guy. This guy, it was some block, and I don't like going to pick, you know, just being in certain areas. So me and her, we out here arguing. The dude pull a gun out on him. He said, hey, man, you better get back in your car, man. I'm so I'm just like, okay, I get in the car. I <laughs> make a phone call. I say, everybody get on six right now, right now. <laughs> so I get over there, and now I'm hot. I'm, oh, man, it's on. We finna, and, and so now I was like, man, forget that. Look here. We got to go handle some business. So soon, so soon that what I was just so sure of and what God just told me, what he confirmed with me, the enemy was able to swoop right in, say, see, 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 see it, say it, see, 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 see. It's all seed. It's all seed, whether it's good seed Oh, it's bad seed. It's all seed. It all could be planted and it all can produce fruit. Every fruit come from the ground ain't good. Every fruit come from the ground you can't eat. So it, it produced fruit. Bad fruit. And now I'm back with this double-minded Christian. I don't feel all the way off now. I don't want to hear nothing about God. He, yeah, that's good. He just, he, he got further away from me. He was so far off. <laughs> that, in my mind, I could never get back to that guy who received that encounter that weekend. So my life went on. I got mad with the church. They, they, they didn't let me play the drums no more. Because me and my old lady was living together. So I really got mad with the church. I'm not even going back. She couldn't get me to go back to church. So now I'm in a season of I'm not getting anything. But my mama praying for me. So I remember so many times and so many situations, man, where things could have happened, didn't happen. And I used to say, man, how is this? And she used to always say, we praying for you. We all praying for you. Sister such and such. Brother such and such. They praying for you. I got into the streets a little harder because I wanted it. I didn't need it, but I wanted it. And I was so attached to this that I was willing to do whatever and anything just for the name, just for the glorification, 
just for the people that I was trying to impress to say, I know him. That's my man. I'm cool with him. So what happens is, I'm glad I said that. So what happens is, it's, it's a verse in Psalm, Psalm 16, 8. If you're from the streets, then you understand this concept of what I'm saying to you. You got it up there? He almost got it. It says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. Another version says, he is my right hand. Now, where we come from, your right hand man is everything. You know what I mean? Look at Sister Brenda. She's like, yes, sir. I feel you. <laughs> your right hand man is everything to you. You know, my right hand man could tell me something, and I don't even need to get justification from anywhere. If my right hand man comes and say, man, I've just seen T with a dude, that's law. Me and her got an issue. She can't explain nothing to me. Why? Because he said he saw her. So at some point, we take God out of his rightful position, which is on the right side of us, and we put him in back of us, and then we substitute him for false things. And now, this is what guides us. This is what leads us. You ever wonder why it's so funny when you think about the Israelites? They walked around for 40 years because they moved God out of his rightful position. The same God that took you from Egypt, split the Red Sea, you know what I'm saying, fed you, walked you around. At some point you said, he ain't moving fast enough? Moses, the God that you serve, I don't think he exists. So y'all going to keep walking. You could have been got there. You was almost there. But you've moved me out of my rightful position and said, I'm going to put something else there. They start having the idols and all that stuff. So God said, OK, cool. Y'all keep walking. So now what I promise you, you ain't even going to get. What I promise you, you are not even going to get. Kids, do not lose out on what God promised you because you want to substitute him for something else. Don't lose out on it. God forbid you don't get what God got for you, but your grandkids get it. They're going to say, man, mama, this was yours. Mama, want this, want this um, grandmamas? Don't lose out on that. So then somebody said, you found the lifeline. I found the lifeline. I remember my sister, she was inviting me to church. She was like, John, I want you to come, you know, Pastor Reggie. Pastor. I said, where is that? She said, it's out west. I ain't going. I'm not going to no out west church. I, the, out west churches to me. I'm not knocking. I know you guys started on 15 North, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I just can do the out west churches because they always play double dutch and one of the deacons always sold candy out the trunk and the Easter suits. I I was just like, no, I'm cool. I didn't want to go to an out west church. And I said, I I can't anyway because I got to work. You know, I work on Sundays. I can never go to church on Sundays. And then um, they ended up giving me a new position and you guys have moved here and then I came. So once I came here, I sat in a seat and I felt something. I felt something that at one point was so far off, but became, come on, man, started coming closer to me. And mind you, I came to church. The first service I came to was building a godly family series. So, you know, I got the word. I went home and just started wrecking. Hey, hey, everybody going to church. And if you don't come to church next week, this thing is over. I would heard what the pastor said. And everybody. I just went home and I started getting like really mad. But I found something. We start coming. We start coming more. And I start getting more word. 
I started getting more word. I went through a season where, and I know some of us are going through that season. I went through a season where, like I told you before, I wanted something, but I didn't want God, but I wanted something. I wanted you to know who I was. Hey, because listen, see, that didn't change from the street. See, that didn't change from when I was a kid. You remember what I said? See, back then, I wanted you to know me. I wanted that name. And the same thing happened in the church. So you come up in the church and you want that. You want to be on stage. You want to have a microphone. And you, see, 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 God is still pruning. Say, I still got to get the weeds out. Those roots go real deep. You know what I mean? A tree root can go from here, you know, man, a couple blocks away. So I still got to prune you. Then I went through a season where I didn't even want to be here. I sat up there every week. And I was not here. Mentally, I was not here every Sunday. But my body sat there every Sunday, covered the man of God. It was a job. I was doing security. Been doing that my whole life. This is easy. But I was not here. Go to Jeremiah 29, 11. I think I want it in, um, in the NLT. 29, 11, 11 through 14 in NLT. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. What's next? In those days you will pray. I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly. See, that's the point. That's what we're missing. Looking for God wholeheartedly. And two, I came to the point where all I wanted was God. That's where he was at. God was at the place where of you wanting me. That's where he was resting. He said, listen, man, I already sent the word out. I already know where you're going to end up. But I'm going to stand here in you wanting me. He's standing in you wanting me and he's waiting for you to come to him wholeheartedly. Let's keep going. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortune. That means I'm going to give you all the years back. Everything that the devil tried to take for you, your time, your money, your tears. I'm going to give all of that back to you. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and bring you back again to your own land. Say, I want my milk and honey. God is trying to get you into that place where he promised you. And the only way, the only way that you get there is to seek him wholeheartedly. Thank you. Unless nothing else matters in your life besides wanting God. Not a title, not a position, not a part, not a check. Until you want God. Your purpose is wrapped up until you wanting God. Your wealthy place is wrapped up until you wanting God. When you want God, life is easy. It's easy. It's no pressure. It's nothing. First Corinthians 1, 26 to 31. It says, take a good look, friends, at you who were... And who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you. Say, man, God will use anything. Not many influential, not many from high society families. Say, you ain't got to be rich to get what God wants from you. 
Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose man and woman that the culture overlooked and exploits and abuses, chooses these nobodies? I would gladly be a nobody for Christ. I tell my kids all the time, if I can go back to when I was in school, I'd be the lame. Man, please, y'all can have all that, all that popularity and all that. You can have that because if you look at most of them now, where they at? Look them up. Find them on Facebook. Look them up. I promise you right now, the ones that you're looking up to right now in 10 years, you know what they're going to do? They're going to walk up into your, into your place and they're going to ask you for prayer. They're going to need something from you. We keep going to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies to make it quite clear that none of you can get by with blowing your own horn before God. Everything that we have, right thinking, right living, a clean slate, a fresh start comes from God by the way of Jesus Christ. That way we have the sand. If you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. Now, I know. A lot of us feel as if we're not worthy enough to walk into that land. Of milk and honey. She got that. I know most of us feel like we're not worthy to walk into the land of milk and honey. And it was funny to me because when you look through the Bible, everybody that he used was bogus, had issues. They weren't who you thought they should be. Because God had to prove a point. He had to say, the only way I can show you how good I am is I can make nothing, something from nothing. Jacob was a cheater. Peter had a temper. David had an, unf- David had an affair. And he was a murderer. He was cheating and killing. <laughs> Noah got drunk. Jonah ran from God. Paul was a murderer. Gideon was insecure. Miriam was a gossiper. Martha was a warrior. Thomas was a doubter. Sarah was impatient. Moses stuttered. Abraham was old. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy was too young. Listen, when I was studying, it was brought to my remembrance, Timothy. Because when I was young, my old youth lead, I said, Man, I can't do what y'all need me to do. I remember when Paul, when they told Timothy, hey man, don't escape what God told you from your youth. You are able to do what I qualified you to do. Elijah was moody and suicidal. Peter denied Christ three times. How many times have you denied Christ? And he still was able to get back to him. Lazarus was dead. Now, Lazarus was physically dead. But we sitting here today spiritually dead. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. You can't get to where God wants you to get to. He has to take you there. So if you're feeling small and insignificant, and if you feel that there's nothing in you that God could use, think again. I challenge you today. If anything that I said today touched you, especially that last part. If you don't feel like there's nothing in you that God can use, I want you to come down to the front.
Now, we can sit here for a long time, and you can act like that's not you. But like I told you, I was sitting right there where Rob's sitting, and I did not think that I was ever going to fulfill what God had me to fulfill. I sat there, week in and week out, got dressed every Sunday morning, came, spoke, hugged y'all, and was not here. Because I didn't, I didn't feel it. I didn't know. By his grace poured on you, God can use what you consider your weakness to accomplish great, remarkable things. Your entire journey, everything that you've been through, God sent you through it. Because you know what? Sheep beget sheep. We talk about why the church. Because your ministry outside the church is what matters. It's funny to me because I'm looking at people in here that know me outside of here. Sheep beget sheep. Ain't that right, Dion? You would never think that you would see me sitting up here today. You know why? Because I hung out with you. We did the same thing together. 